DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Missionary Benedictines of Christ the King Priory, presents The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. Father Mauritius did his philosophical, theological, and doctoral studies in Rome. He is the author of numerous books, including I Want to Understand You, Encountering Foreign Worlds with the Little Prince, The New Image of God's Image, Meister Eckhart on Image and Theology, Peter and Paul, Models of Decision-Making, and On the Way, Benedict's Journey for Spiritual Maturity. Father Mauritius also serves as the prior of Sant'Anselmo in Rome. The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world, with Father Mauritius Vildi. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Mauritius. Good morning. As we continue to allow the Holy Rule to help shape our life, we're going to take a look at a very important topic in place of idealistic spirituality, acknowledging one's needs. Now that's quite the challenge for the role. Can it can it meet that challenge? That is a challenge for every human being, I would say. Let me start by reading parts of a chapter of the Rule of St. Benedict, chapter 8, The Divine Office at Night. Mm -hmm. During the winter season, that is, from the 1st of November until Easter, it seems reasonable to arise at the eighth hour of the night. By sleeping until a little past the middle of the night, the brothers can arise with their food fully digested. In the time remaining after vigils, those who need to learn some of the Psalter or readings should study them. Between Easter and the 1st of November, mentioned above, the time of vigils should be adjusted so that a very short interval after vigils will give the monks opportunity to care for their nature's needs. Then at daybreak, lords should follow immediately. Chris, you know what I love in this passage is how St. Benedict intertwines or weaves the order of the prayers and also answers and responds to very natural needs. So he talks here about vigils, which is at the heart of monastic prayer, mm -hmm. the prayer at night. And at the same time, he talks about digesting and he talks digestion and he talks about uh, the nature's needs. Mm -hmm. So he even foresees a time for the monks when they can go to the restrooms. <laughs> this I really find, in a way, I, it's a little bit funny. So you wonder why, why does he say that? At least he knows about the human nature. He knows what human beings, what his monks need. So you could call this a spirituality from below. And you could contrast this to a spirituality from above. I think we need both. We need to strive for the ideals of Christian life and to reach the goal to become holy. 
to have this orientation of high ideals, but at the same time, we are invited to be very honest with our human needs. When we talk about idealistic spirituality, what does that look like in today's world? Not only from the perspective of the monastery, but mm -hmm. then those who are out being that light into the world. Mm -hmm. I think there are so many people who love God, who love their faith, who love the Christian faith, who love the Catholic faith. And they do everything to live according to these beliefs. And that is wonderful. But there's the danger to overdo it. So, for example, you have the ethical standards of the Catholic Church, which are very clear, thanks to God. Mm -hmm. But they are goals for our life. And there is a good number of those standards where we struggle to reach them. And this can be um, brought up in the confession, but we should also be very merciful with ourselves. Striving for those ideals can make you hard can make you uh, rigid. And this is a danger. This is not what Jesus wanted us to be and to become. I remember very well when I was in the novitiate, when I was a young monk, the first Lent in the monastery, Lenten season. Oh, I can tell you, I had so many ideas what I could do or restrained from during this time. And my novice master, who is a, and who was a very wise man, he said, Mauritius, you don't fast. I would advise you as your program for Lent, as your resolution, to eat chocolate at least once a week during Lent. I said, what? <laughs> Are you serious? He said, yes, I'm serious. He saw that I was about to overdo it with my fervor, with my passion. You know, I was thinny at that time anyway. <laughs> I didn't have the problem to eat too, to eat too much. Mm -hmm. But I had the problem that I was not able to enjoy life. I was so strict and so consequent and so straight. He saw, oh, maybe this guy needs a little bit of chocolate in his life, some mm -hmm. treats here and there that help him to become human. He knew that I, because of this, would never forget about the ideal to restrain from eating for the sake of the kingdom and out of love for Christ. He saw my love for Christ. He saw my striving for the kingdom of God. And, but he also saw, this is what you need, and God speaks through your needs as well. So this is one example that taught me a lot. Mm. It's 
strikes me it's about balance, isn't it? It goes right back to the heart of it. Right, which is, again, a very Benedictine value, balance. And Benedict is, is balanced at all times in this area. Maybe I read another passage from his rule, chapter 40, the proper amount of drink. Mm. Everyone has his own gift from God, one this and another that. It is therefore with some uneasiness that we specify the amount of food and drink for others. However, with due regard for the infirmities of the sick, we believe that a half bottle of wine a day is sufficient for each. But those to whom God gives the strength to abstain must know that they will earn their own reward. The superiors will determine when local conditions, work or the summer heat indicates the need for a greater amount. He must, in any case, take great care lest excess or drunkenness creep in. We read that monks should not drink wine at all, but since the monks of our day cannot be convinced of this, let us at least agree to drink moderately and not to the point of excess, for wine makes even wise men go astray. However, where local circumstances dictate an amount much less than what is stipulated above, or even none at all, those who live there should bless God and not grumble. Above all, above all else, we admonish them to refrain from grumbling. You can hear St. Benedict, you can hear his voice, how he is kind of pondering, what is the right thing for my monks, how much should they drink. He sees it as a necessity to regulate and to stipulate drinking. So there is actually no area of the human life which is not regulated through the rule. So even eating, drinking, but he's very careful by giving orders in this regard. You hear this already when he starts. Everyone has his own gift from God, one this, another that. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. he says, how can I, as the abbot, judge how much somebody has to eat or to drink? And then he says, however, when due regard for infirmities of the sick, we believe that a half bottle of wine, we believe. So you can hear, he is not sure. We have other passages in the rule where he's very clear, very very sure about himself, what he's saying. Here he says, mm, we believe maybe half a bottle, and I love this. You know, the, the great Saint Benedict, the great abbot, is not sure. Mm -hmm. And he is not sure because he loves his brothers. He sees my brothers are so different. Each one needs has another need. And I have to acknowledge that. Also very nice is verse 6 from this chapter. But since the monks of our day cannot be convinced of this. Isn't that wonderful? Mm -hmm. So he has the ideal that the monk should not drink wine at all. This is the ideal. 
But what he sees, even at his times, was, I cannot convince my monks to restrain from wine in general. And instead of becoming bitter, instead of grumbling, he rather says, hmm, I, I'm not sure God has given different gifts. This still would be the ideal, and those who can restrain from alcohol in general will get a great reward. But it seems, maybe it's just at these times that I cannot convince. Maybe later, in 100 years later, I could convince, but at the moment I cannot convince them. So here again, what you said, the balance. We see the balance. He tries to balance the ideal with the human beings as they appear, as they are in the monastery. We'll return in just a moment to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. Glorious St. Benedict, sublime model of virtue, pure vessel of God's grace, Behold me humbly kneeling at your feet. I implore you in your loving kindness to pray for me before the throne of God. To you I have recourse in the dangers that daily surround me. Shield me against my selfishness and my indifference to God and to my neighbor. Inspire me to imitate you in all things. May your blessing be with me always so that I may see and serve Christ in others and work for his kingdom. Graciously obtain for me from God those favors and graces which I need so much in the trials, miseries, and afflictions of life. Your heart was always full of love, compassion, and mercy toward those who were afflicted or troubled in any way. You never dismissed without consolation and assistance anyone who had recourse to you. I therefore invoke your powerful intercession, confident in the hope that you will hear my prayers and obtain for me the special grace and favor I earnestly implore. Help me, great Saint Benedict, to live and die as a faithful child of God, to run in the sweetness of his loving will, and to attain the eternal happiness of heaven. Amen.
Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual guide for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildi. This really is a, a, a strong example of listening with a heart, isn't it? I mean, it's listening mm -hmm. to the needs of the individual because on the surface, it would be so easy, wouldn't it, for St. Benedict, who is the, the leader of this community, to say, Here's the ideal. Don't don't go below the ideal. And yet he's not so steadfast on a black and white interpretation, but yet he's listening to see what Christ is doing in that person. Right. And what their need is. Right. And by doing this, he opens the door for the respective brother to strive for this ideal. If he would say, that is not good that you are drinking wine, this is nothing for monks, maybe you have to leave the monastery because of that, he would close the door for this individual monk to strive for sobriety, to strive for restraining from wine and alcohol. If he would say, you know, it's not so important, it's okay, just drink, he would close the door for this monk to strive for this ideal. But what he does is he keeps the tension or he, he, he holds the tension between the monk and the ideal, the human and the ideal. Both is true. Both mirrors something of the love of God. You cannot avoid the one and not the other. And this is the task he gives us Benedictines and everybody today. How much easier it would be just to to control, to be the one in the judgment seat. I mean, it, it, it continues to go back to... Uh, it, it's not... I, I don't want to be so simplistic as to say it's not a black and white world, but... it definitely has its grace, doesn't it? And, it? and the rule seems to help us navigate in that gray. Mm -hmm. You are so right. Life is most of the time gray. It's hard to acknowledge that. <laughs> mm -hmm. But most of the time it's gray. But there are different kinds of grays. And when you try to love those different kinds of grays, and gray is not without white and without black, so white and black are there too. <laughs> in the gray. I experience 
the Christians today, or Catholics also sometimes, as very serious with their faith, they want to be the fortress against negative tendencies in the society, against the decline of, of, of ethics, the decline of the society, and that is good. To be, as Christians, a counterbalance against what is going on around us. The flip side of this is, when you only want to be a fortress, when you only want to be the real Christians, you are in danger to become hard, you know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people see, is this person really acknowledging their own needs? Is, is this person really in contact with the needs or is he or she only kind of absorbed by the ideal and, and identified with the ideal, even to the point of self-righteousness, to the point that somebody says, this is the truth and I live the truth. And if you, if you don't live it, you are not right. Mm -hmm. Here we have again black and white. And again, I don't, I'm not against this passion for the faith at all. In contrary, this is what we need. We cannot have enough fire, mm -hmm. you know. But it is not good to split our lives, to live divided. Most of the time, if somebody is too perfect in his faith, there is mostly something underneath the table. There's something underneath the carpet or wherever. There's a second part of his life that he doesn't want to show to others and even is not able to show to himself. And this is a dangerous thing, actually. White, black persons can cause a lot of harm to themselves and also to the others. And gray persons, I'm not talking about mediocrity, but people who acknowledge these different um, colors of their life, sometimes they are closer to the truth and also closer to what Jesus wanted us to do and to be. I'm reminded of another one who would benefit so beautifully from the rule, and that's St. Bernard of mm -hmm. Clairvaux, mm -hmm. in his work on the 12 steps of humility and pride. Mm -hmm. And on those first two steps, it seems as though he really has locked, I mean, that you see the rule so strongly mm -hmm. in that, that second one where you acknowledge that all men are liars. Mm -hmm. That includes you. You know, and yeah. me. Yes. All men are liars, but you love them anyway. Yes. You love them anyway because yes. it's it's not so much in the judgment mm -hmm. of the lie, but it's the fact that if God is love, mm -hmm. as St. John tells us, mm -hmm. what, what, who is God? What is his name? God is love. Yeah. So if there isn't love, there's no God present there emanating from you. Right. Right. It's about acknowledging that we are sinners, that we are limited, that we are weak, 
that we are needy. It's a, it's a spirituality that is not driven by pride and self-righteousness. Let me tell you another example. Once I went and had a meeting with my abbot, a conversation with my abbot, and I shared with him that I really struggled with the morning prayers. I was so tired at that time doing morning prayer. I was extremely tired. It was hard for me to, to stay awake and, and uh, attentive. And I knew this is the ideal. I, this is what is the prayer is about, is to be attentive to the Word of God. But I just couldn't. It was so hard. And then my abbot said, try to make your tiredness your prayer. I was just overwhelmed with this idea. He said, you know, if this is what you can offer in the morning, the tiredness, this is what you bring, you are tired. <laughs> this is who you are at that moment. God knows that you don't want to be tired. He knows that. But you are tired. Bring it to him. Offer it up to him. Show him you are tired. You know, since then, it was much easier for me to pray in the morning. So when I found myself tired, I just prayed, Oh Lord, see how tired am I, I am. And I filled this tiredness with love to God. Mm. And so it became prayer. So it was not split anymore. It was not divided anymore or separated anymore from God. And the funny thing is, I, through by doing this, I became more awake. <laughs> it really woke me up to do this. Mm -hmm. So as long as we avoid and neglect our needs or our how we find ourselves in prayer, this is still not real prayer. It's because it's still not me. And prayer is conversing or conversation between me and God, God and myself. That brings up a, an important aspect, I think, if, if you could address that as well, Father Mauritius, is that sometimes we look at what another is doing, where they may be in the spiritual life, what we perceive where they are, mm -hmm. maybe I should say, in the spiritual life, mm -hmm. and think, why am I not like them? Mm -hmm. Why have I not received what they seem to have received? Why mm -hmm. am I not as far as they appear to be in that journey? Mm -hmm. That That's very much a danger, isn't it? Oh, yes. To compare ourselves with others. Mm -hmm. mm, there is a term that I love in St. Benedict's Rule. He talks about the fervor of the beginners, the fervor of the novices. It's in chapter 1. He talks about the hermits who have come through the test of living in a monastery for a long time and have passed beyond the first fervor of monastic life. So when you begin, you must be idealistic. It's part of your passion. You are totally um, 
oriented towards those ideals. You cannot blame novices to be idealistic. They have to be like this. It's similar to that you cannot blame somebody who uh, fell in love to be kind of blind in the first months or years. You, you love the other and you don't see anything else. You don't see the dark sides of the other person. You just love. This is not only true for novices and for young monks and for all beginners. It's, for example, true for converts. You know, when, when somebody converts to the Catholic faith, you can see he wants to do everything 100%. And mostly he's kind of disappointed that he finds Catholics that are not 100% Catholics. And he's right. And he's right. But as he continues his journey, he will see, he will find these other colors, these other gray shades, and will find that the life is not as easy and neither is the faith in our lives. So you are so right when you say, when we compare us with others, it doesn't make sense because everybody is at a certain point on his journey and I am somewhere else and I cannot even look into the other where he really is. The criteria is, does he or she strive for being connected with the Lord? This is important. Does he really seek the Lord and is he in contact with himself? And if, if you find both, everything is okay. Any final thoughts? Now, this topic reminds me on a word that Meister Eckhart, a German mystic, has once um, said. He said, don't try to force yourself into God. Force him into yourself to come to yourself. Because it is easier for him to squeeze himself into yourself than for you to squeeze yourself into him. And that really makes sense. So as long as we strive to become ideal, we never will be. But ask God, who is ideal? Ask him to come down and dwell in your life and in your heart. That works. Wonderful. Thank you, Father. You're welcome. You've been listening to The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, A Spiritual Path for Today's World with Father Mauritius Vilde. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. You can also hear it on the free Discerning Hearts app available on the iTunes and Google Play stores. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for 
The Holy Rule of St. Benedict, a spiritual path for today's world with Father Mauritius Fildee.